Hello, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Hey there, all you sci-fi and Trek geek fans out there. This is Rico, and this is a special Wednesday show for Treks in Sci-Fi. Show number 67 for August the 9th, 2006. Got a lot of different little things to talk about for this uh, Wednesday show, so here we go. Welcome to the show, everyone. Again, this is Rico, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi. I haven't done one of these midweek mini-casts in a a while, so it's kind of fun to uh, slip one of these uh, in here now, since it's been, uh, I don't know, more than a month before I was uh, gone to Taiwan and all that stuff. And I just wanted to get caught up a little bit today on a few topics and different subjects, catch up on some email and some other things that are going on. For those of you that uh, might recognize it, the theme uh, music that I played at the beginning of the show was from uh, the latest incarnation of the, the BBC show Doctor Who. And the reason I played that is my son and I, uh, who uh, is a pretty big sci-fi and, and, and geek like me, I guess, have been watching uh, both the most uh, recent two seasons of Doctor Who from uh, the BBC. The first uh, one of these, which was with the 10th Doctor, Christopher Epp. Geckleston, I think is his name, is how you say it, was uh, we finished up that a while ago, and we've been watching now the the Tenth Doctor, David Tennant, with uh, Billy uh, Piper as Rose back uh, the the Tenth Doctor this season. Just uh, we we finished up watching it the other evening, and it's um, we were um, getting it from the dreaded BitTorrent system out there because. Unfortunately, the BBC doesn't seem uh, to coordinate the release of these with the Sci-Fi Channel in the States here. To make a long story short, I guess from what I've heard recently, uh, one of the members on the forum, D, thanks a lot for the info, D, but the the recent, most recent season is going to be start playing on the Sci-Fi Channel at the end of September. I think he said September 29th, so we have that to look forward to. But I wanted to mention it because uh, I never really watched the older Doctor Who shows when I was growing up. I caught them occasionally, but... I, and I think I have talked about this a little bit before on the podcast in general, but these last two uh, two seasons worth that the BBC recently did, I've just really gotten into the whole Doctor Who thing. It, th- these shows are a lot of fun. They're they're quite a bit different than than I would say the U.S. sci-fi movies and TV we normally get, like Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica. The more sort of I would call it. Uh, uh, militaristic these days, and, sci- and and a little harder edged to it. Th- this is just sort of a little bit whimsical at times, and but it's just a lot of fun. Especially, I really enjoy the the latest Doctor, who's played by David Tennant. I think I, I'm hoping I'm saying his name correctly, but this show is is just really really well done, and the effects they brought those up to a, a more modern level. I know some of the you know probably problems people have had with the older Doctor Who shows of the the special effects and, and things that they did were were pretty you know low budget and not not all that great looking I guess 
even though I think the storylines have always been pretty good from what I've heard from other people. But I would, I'm just mentioning this now, the, the second to the last season with uh, Eccleston is out on DVD in the States. I still have to pick up that set, and I enjoyed that series. And the most recent one, though, like I said, is going to show at the uh, Sci-Fi Channel end of September. And I'm really urging everyone, if, if you get a chance to check these shows out, if you're a sci-fi fan, you enjoy you know, British TV to some degree. I think we're getting more in the States uh, British TV these days. There was that comedy show called The Office, which created a, a U.S. version. There have been quite a few shows that have been coming over here. And I was... Um, used to be, a, a, even though it's now just all reruns from TV and movies, but I, I used to watch Monty Python quite a bit and always enjoyed their movies and TV uh, humor and, and comedy. So I, I do enjoy British uh, humor and British television. And uh, this Doctor Who show is just really, really good. I really like it. It's um, it, gets, uh, it gets pretty intense at times. It, there, there's a lot of things going on, especially the, the last few episodes of this recent season. It really got moving uh, in interesting directions, and I'm not going to give anything away. No spoilers here, because a lot of people haven't seen it, but I'm just uh, mentioning it. Hey, check out Doctor Who. Rico said so. So let's go on now. We're going to take a quick second or two pause, and then I'm going to come back with some email. Incoming transmission, Captain. Okay, the uh, first message I was going to play, I got a voicemail, actually. And, and if you recall, everyone, the there is a voicemail line for the show. It's 20688-TREX, with an S on the end of it. And I got a voicemail from uh, a listener who's over in Russia. And John had this to say. The quality of the, the recording on this uh, free voicemail service is not the greatest, but I, I think you'll be able to understand what he has to say. So here's here's John calling in from Russia. Uh, Rico, this is John Somlak. I'm calling all the way from Moscow, Russia, uh, but I'm doing it on Skype, so it's not too much. Uh, and I'm really enjoying your podcast. Uh, I, I'm an American, and I've been living here for quite a while, uh, and this podcast really helps me uh, kind of uh, get a little bit more connected back home. Um, I'm mainly a TNG fan, but I'm capable of enjoying just about any of the Trek series and a lot of the other series you talk about on the show. Uh, the episode that I'd like most to, to be commented on that you haven't gotten to so far is the TNG two-parter Redemption. And if you do choose to talk about that one, I'd love, I'd, I'd love to add my thoughts on that episode. Thank you. Well, thanks, uh, thanks very much, John, for that uh, nice uh, voicemail message. I will definitely look into uh, those uh, that two-parter episode uh, set called Redemption and try to feature that on a podcast in the near future. Yeah, John, I think, has uh, also recently joined the forums at the treksf.com website, so that's uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, I've uh, I not I haven't been to Russia yet. I've uh, been to a few places in the last couple of years: Germany and Taiwan and been to England once, so it's uh, it's definitely it would be an interesting place to visit, and I'd, I'd love to hear more about it sometime. So let's go on to another uh, email. Okay, this, uh, this email is from someone named Art, and I'm not going to pronounce his last name correctly, I already know. Maybe Art uh, Lemareau, something like that. It says, hi Rico, just listen to your early podcast, the one where you ranked your favorite Trek films in response to an email in which a writer ranked his. 
I'm amazed that there is somebody out there that apparently thinks just like me because your list was exactly identical to how I would rank them. I decided to write and tell you what a good judgment you have and how, how intelligent, observant a person you must be. Haha. I'm 46 and I've grown up with, I think, similar influences as you. I'm old enough that I remember uh, watching the first uh, original track and apparently watched with you all the other sci-fi that came out too. Uh, like Battlestar, Buck Rogers. I'm going to paraphrase this email a bit, Art, because it's rather long, but let's see. Uh, it would have been interesting to see what Brian Singer would have done with uh, with the next X-Men, I think, as he's talking about. Yes. Um, and uh, it's... Oh, here, we'll go on to this part. Also, I have to also say that I also hold Star Trek The Motion Picture in high esteem as well. I hope you have seen the Robert Wise director's cut of the movie that was released a year or so ago. I suppose it's stupid to think you haven't. Uh, well, not necessarily, but I have seen it. But I think that it was done. There was They made a good film, a solid film for all to enjoy. I think he's saying, it, yeah, he said the film was made better by this recent cut. The shot of Vidra and the other inserted material seemed to add to the film in such a way to take away all of its faults. I just wish I had seen that version back in 1979. I'm really enjoying your commentaries of TOS and discovered your podcast recently and trying to catch up on all that I've missed. Keep up the good work, and I don't have anything negative to say. He said, well, that's nice. Uh, thanks a lot for your email, Art. Sorry I had to cut a little bit of it out, just had to move along. But, uh, yeah, I have seen uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, the, the re-edited version, and I agree it's it's a little bit better, I think, of a movie. I, I think, uh, you know, they cleaned up some of the effects, and they added some scenes in there that made it uh, make a little bit uh, better film overall. That's uh, it's definitely worth watching for uh, all the Trek fans out there. I'm sure that uh, if you are a real big Trek fan, you may have seen this. I hope. I think it's it's probably been a couple of years since they re-released that. Uh, one thing I wanted to say though, in regards to the motion picture, I've always really kind of enjoyed that film of the Star Trek franchise movie series. I, I probably a little bit more than maybe most people. One. The, the, the thing that I think got me about that movie is I have a very, very vivid recollection of the first time I saw it. And keep in mind, I was of the era where all I was getting really were TOS reruns over and over again. And in 1979, we got Star Trek The Motion Picture. So when we first saw the Enterprise come back on screen and Kirk, Spock, and McCoy and everyone back in action in a movie format... Even though the movie, yeah, it maybe didn't have the cleanest plot and it wasn't the most interesting of the films by far, but the, the sort of nostalgia factor and the fact that that was the first motion picture that happened and without that really nothing else would have come along, we probably would have never got another Star Trek TV series, we would have never got another motion picture. So it's still, uh, you know, it, it made a lot of money because all the fans went to see it, even though it may not be the best movie, but I think there's a lot going for it and I like the... I kind of always liked the overall story in the motion picture. I thought they could have done a little better job with it, but I think uh, I, the overall idea of it was was sound. So thanks for your email, and let's go on to another. Okay, got another email here. This one's from Pedro Lopez. Uh, Pedro says, hey, just wanted to shoot you a couple things your way. I went to see Superman again over the over the weekend, and I saw a trailer for the movie Hollywood Land, which revolves around the mystery of George Reeves' death. George Reeves was the actor that played Superman in the 1950s TV series. I was not sure if you heard of this film or not, but I thought it might be something you'd be interested in. And then he sent a link uh, to an ain'titcool.com article. And they have a couple of pictures there of the, uh, the movie. 
He uh, he also says, Pedro says, I also want to comment that there is no section in the forums to discuss upcoming TV movie releases. Thus far, they've been put in the review section, which seems a bit confusing. See in the forums, Pedro. Uh, yeah, Pedro, uh, thanks for your email. Uh, a couple of things. One, yeah, I've heard of the, I heard of this movie a, a while ago, actually, uh, that uh, Ben Affleck was going to play George Reeves, uh, the TV Superman from the 50s, in a movie basically focusing on the investigation around his mysterious death and you know they it was eventually i think officially ruled a suicide but there's always been this controversy that uh, some people think he was murdered uh, i will definitely be looking and, and going to see that movie it looks very good the trailer i saw looks good and i've always enjoyed that series over the years it, it's uh it's kind of again a nostalgia thing a little bit but i will definitely be checking that movie out uh, as far as the forum sections, yeah, you're probably right, Pedro. It should be a little bit more clear, or we maybe need another section. I, I may just make a movie section for both, you know, new upcoming releases and reviews of current ones. The idea, I think, that I have right now for those not in the forums, there's sort of a general section where you could talk about anything, upcoming stuff. And then the review section was supposed to be for things that you've seen, what your comments are about that. But I'll try to do something about that in the near future, Pedro. I'll make it a little bit more uh, clean cut. But thanks for your email. I got a couple of emails about uh, when I had asked for suggestions on episodes of Deep Space Nine to cover on the upcoming uh, podcast. This was about a week or so ago when I asked about that. Got one from Christian Schwab. He had suggested uh, the episode Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite from Deep Space Nine to cover that. Uh, he says it's a great episode, DS9 at its best, and definitely one of his favorites. Uh, this is from, uh, like I said, Chris, Christian Schwab. Yeah, that's a great episode, and it was very close to making uh, making it for last weekend's show, uh, Chris. I just decided to go with that crossover episode, but I'm going to try to hit this uh, Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite episode sometime in the near future, maybe... Uh, before summer's completely over since it's sort of a baseball kind of themed episode and especially in my area right now the the Detroit Michigan area the Detroit Tigers are doing very well so I, I'm kind of uh, you know they've uh, they've had some rough years the past few years and I'm not going to turn this now into a baseball podcast but I've uh, I've always enjoyed baseball over the years I used to uh, go to quite a few games when I was growing up and it was uh, it's one of my uh, favorites of, uh, of any sports. I'm not really a real big sports nut. Baseball is one that I do kind of like. But thanks for that suggestion, Chris, and I will get to that episode sometime in the near future. And the last email for this uh, show for today, and we're going to still got other things to cover, but the last one I just actually, this one came in today. This is from someone named Tim Peterson. He says, hey, Rick, just a quick note to say that I really enjoy listening to your show. You have a very easygoing manner, and the shows are both entertaining and informative. Well, how nice of you to say. It's uh, my pleasure. Uh, we, we must be of similar vintage. I'm not that old, but uh, no, that's uh, fine. <laughs> As I, too, am a longtime lover of Trek and finally recall my days of building my own landing party equipment from wood, paper, whatever I could find, I also spent a lot of time building those wonderful AMT models Lucky for me, my AMT exploration model survived those useful, youthful adventures and now is prominently displayed in my basement lab. Keep up the great work. I'll keep tuning in, encouraging my friends to do the same. Sincerely, Tim. Well, thanks for that great email. Uh, yeah, I used to uh, used to build all those models by AMT. Those were were some of the only Trek uh, kind of collectibles that they had really early on during the the rerun era of the TOS episodes. There wasn't much out there. I've talked before about this. 
but the the uh, the AMT models they had a you know an Enterprise of course a Klingon ship a Romulan ship they did a shuttlecraft they did this exploration set which was the the phaser communicator and tricorder but the difficult or or troubling thing about that set was the they weren't one to one scale the items they uh, they were really not that bad the the way they looked except they were about uh, I would say maybe half to two-thirds scale in size. The the phaser, uh, the phaser was smaller, the tricorder was very small, and the communicator was smaller. But I really got a kick out of those. I mean, I even remember having a little black belt that I had my mom make and glued little Velcro on the back of the plastic uh, communicator and phaser side of the, to the side of the phaser to, to stick them on my little black belt like they used on Star Trek. And well, those were my, you know, misspent youth times, so uh, don't tell anyone about that, though. That's just uh, between me and the wonderful listeners of the podcast out there. So, hey, thanks for your emails, everyone, and your voicemail from uh, Russia, and thanks for everything. I, I really enjoy getting feedback. Again, if you want to contact the show, I, I did put the voicemail number at the beginning. You can also email treksf at gmail.com, and I will try to respond. I usually try to discuss emails or respond to you directly in the email form or both sometimes. But it's great to hear from the listeners. I'm always open for suggestions for the show, for the for the website, or whatever. So uh, keep those uh, emails and voicemails coming. Thanks a lot. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network, tsfpn.com. Okay, we've got some uh, other kind of news and announcements to talk about. One, I don't think I've talked about this one before, but I got a uh, email a week or two back from a professor, a college professor, and I think he's in Illinois, who's doing a research study on science fiction. He teaches actually classes, sociology classes on science fiction, Star Trek. Uh, sociology through Star Trek is one of the courses. Man, I wish they had classes like that when I was going to college. Uh, yeah, he teaches in uh, Grays Lake, Illinois, at the College of Lake County, it says. But he sent me John Tiento, Tento, Tenuto, uh, T-E-N-U-T-O. Sorry, John, if you're listening, I, I'm slaughtering last names today. But what he's basically put up online are some surveys based on uh, Star Trek, uh, science fiction, I think, in general, Superman, uh, because he does a superhero course, also Star Wars. I posted all this information up on the forums and in a post on the forums. I will also put links to his surveys on the the notes for this particular podcast so you can get to those. I'll try to list uh, each survey and a link to it that he's put up. Uh, and he's just basically collecting information. Of course, this you have to be 18 or over, he's asking to fill out the survey. And the more information, obviously, when you're doing this kind of research, the better his uh, results would be. I did the surveys. I think I took all of them that he had up. I think he has three or four total up. And they're, they're not very long. They'll take you just a couple of minutes to do each one. So if you guys are anyone out there, guys or girls, want to fill out a survey about what uh, you like about Star Trek and, and things like that, they're pretty general questions. Nothing uh, nothing really difficult or major in them, I thought. But it's... Uh, it's pretty interesting that people are studying uh, something. Well, Star Trek's been around for 40 years right now, I guess. So I guess that also makes it sort of historical, you know, part of history. And it's certainly part of pop culture uh, over the years. So, John, I just wanted to mention that for everyone. So uh, hopefully you can get some more surveys in that way. 
All right, the next thing I wanted to talk about briefly is, I may have said this again on a recent podcast, but I didn't get it, hadn't had a chance to listen to any of the episodes yet, but there is a, uh, a, a place out there called Pendant Productions that's putting out uh, podcasts, but these are more uh, audio dramas set around a theme like uh, Star Trek, Indiana Jones, Batman, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, in, or I said Indiana Jones already, sorry, uh, Superman... So there, there's a, several of them, and I will put a link in the podcast notes, but I did get a chance to listen to the Star Trek one, which is centered around the USS Defiant, uh, probably in the era of post-Deep Space Nine, it sounds like so far. I just had a chance to listen to the first uh, drama, the first episode of it, and it was pretty good. The, uh, the storyline is pretty interesting. They, of course, have sound effects and music cued in and everything. These are a lot like the Aurora stories, although quite a bit... Uh, more uh, or, or better in quality because they're using more modern equipment and and the uh, effects and music are blended in real nicely. They're not obviously like when we did the Aurora Adventures back back way back in time, doing them with cassette recorders like we had to off of recordings off of television uh, episodes that we had recorded with those. So uh, yeah, the uh, pretty good so far. I would say the acting is, is not stellar. Uh, but, you know, these are fans, I think, somewhat doing the shows. I think some have a little bit more background and, and experience in, in acting than others. And I certainly can't comment much on that because I'm no actor. But they uh, they were uh, interesting to listen to. And it, they, also, the first episode was not very long. I think it was only maybe 20 or 25 minutes long. So they're kind of nice, digestible pieces. I don't know if the other episodes are that long or if they get longer. But I'm going to continue to listen and... If anyone out there would like, I will again say I'm going to post the link for Pendant Productions, and you can also find them on iTunes, and I will again put the link in the podcast notes. Next thing I wanted to mention was the, I did finally see, and I bought the download actually, of the Aquaman uh, WB or CW or whatever it's called these days, the Aquaman pilot that didn't get picked up completely for a series, although I still hear there's a possibility that it will be a series at some point, maybe mid-season next year. This uh, this pilot they released on iTunes for $1.99. You can watch this. It's about 45-minute episode, and it's pretty good. It's very much like the, the TV show Smallville, which is also something that I enjoy quite a bit. It's got that sort of teenager, although the, the guy playing Aquaman is a little bit older than... Uh, Clark was, especially when Smallville first started. He's uh, he's about twenty, I think, or so. He's out of out of high school at least. And it was a it was a good show. They 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 spend a little time introduce the characters, have a little uh, uh, a villain kind of person show up, and, and some things happen. And he learns a little bit about his heritage. And I'm not going to say too much, but I think uh, I think it could make a fun series. I've always enjoyed any uh, sci-fi-ish series that that revolved around things in the ocean. I enjoyed the old, from almost, gosh, 30 years ago now, Man from Atlantis show from the late 70s with Patrick Duffy, one of my all-time favorite sci-fi shows. I also even enjoyed the recent uh, Bermuda Triangle uh, miniseries that they did on the sci-fi channel. So anything involving the ocean and science fiction is always fun. There's uh, several movies. Uh, what, what am I thinking of? Oh, the James Cameron movie, The Abyss. All those kind of things I really like. Uh, you know, the the ocean is such a mysterious place, really, when you think about it. There's three quarters or so of the earth is covered in ocean, and we know so little com- about it compared to the land areas, of course. 
it's it's very uh, very compelling, and I think it could really make a good TV show. So hey, people at the CW or whatever, if you're listening, get that uh, Aquaman guy back and get going and do some episodes because. I, I've read and heard that the download is super popular. It's really been uh, going like wild. And I can see really the future of television and pilots going this way. You know, they do research and Nielsen and have viewers look at pilots for TV shows and decide kind of that way how what they turn into a regular series. But gosh, with the Internet these days, all they got to do is release these things, maybe charge a small amount just to cover their bandwidth and things like that. And they will can get get a pretty good read pretty quickly on what people think about these shows. Now, one thing they need to keep in mind, I think most people using the internet, the, the you know the big internet, the series of tubes, like everyone's been saying these days. Most of the people that are tech savvy like that using these things, I think, already have a little tendency to like sci-fi and these kind of shows. So their results may be just a little skewed versus the general public. But I, I think they're definitely seeing that there's an audience, and it's, it would be a good way to judge potential pilots for the future. So I, I can definitely see things uh, going this way more, more and more as time goes on. Well, folks, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for this middle-of-the-week show, uh, Wednesday show. I don't like to make these more than maybe a half hour at the most, so I'm going to get out of here. A uh, couple last, last things. One, this weekend's podcast, the Sunday show, is going to be focusing on a TNG episode called Q Who from the second season. I know over uh, last Sunday's show, I mentioned something. I was going to do something a little different or special for this coming weekend. Well, I changed my mind. Hey, that's my prerogative, my podcast, my show. So uh, I'm going to save that different idea that I have uh, for probably show 70, which is coming up pretty soon. But for this weekend's show, which will be show 68, I'm going to look at the TNG episode Q Who. So if anyone would like to comment on that and send an audio clip in, I'd be happy to play it along with the show. Let me know what you think about that episode. That, of course, is the first episode that the Next Generation crew encounters the Borg. So that should be fun to talk about. And that's going to do it. Uh, Everyone, have a good rest of the week. As usual, I always like to say thanks for listening. And I will talk to you this weekend with TNG stuff. So bye-bye. Take care, everyone. A green cat who's not too tall He has a premonition Anakin's gonna take a fall He's in the education Of young new Jedi Knight With Muppet animation He teaches wrong from right Make your back the dark side Do a job million for praise the way he switches worlds around and like he is it is a trade He's got someone like a brain Ears pick up and out He's the Jedi Yoda Eight hundred years been around Wrinkled like anything Yoda No hairs are on his hair And it kinda sounds like Rover Love the force no doubt He's the Jedi Yoda Down!